Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Overcrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Kobe, will float in Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, it's fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. What is up, everybody? We are here. This is the first episode ever of the Posting Up podcast here on Clovercrest Media Group. I'm here with, I'm here with King Zay. I'm here with Sean Scanlon. How are we doing, boys? Chilling. how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Sean, you doing good? Yeah, I'm doing good. How about you, boys? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You know, uh, we got a lot of exciting things to talk about on this uh, on this show today, our very first show. But uh, first thing I wanted to get into was uh, the Lakers. You know, they, they have two wins, but they also have two losses to two teams who are considered top tier in the Western Conference. Uh, Zay, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Lakers slow start. And if you're if you're concerned at all, or if you just think this is like early season, early season woes for them, they had the shortest rest out of anyone in the league. So tell me what you think. I think it's a little too early. Um to say anything about any team right now. I think with the lack of off-season training camp, and like you said, with the quick turnaround that the teams have had, it's really hard to judge any team right now. I don't think teams will really start kicking into gear until probably around like late February, maybe March. That's when teams will really start getting into gear. But I think it's really too early to panic or push any type of panic button on any team in the league. Uh, Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think it's it's too early to, you know, to say that they need to add a piece to the team. Um, I think they lost to two really good teams uh, in the Western Conference with the Clippers and the Blazers. And uh, we saw last night uh, Gary Trent and Dame Lillard just couldn't miss in crunch time down in the end. So that's why they ended up losing that game. And uh, last year when the Clippers beat the Lakers the first game, we, we saw what ended up happening at the end of the year. So I, I think it is a little too early to you know, say that they need to add another piece after, you know, they're still trying to incorporate the pieces that they added this all and uh, Gasol and Schroeder. So I, I think it is. Yeah. You know, my thing with the Lakers is, you know, they, I feel like, I mean, even last year, uh, we're not going to count bronze first year in LA because that was just a disaster. Um, <laughs> but, 
ever since like you know last season they get off to these kind of shaky starts and everyone kind of just kind of just looks at them weird they're like is, are the lakers legit like can they do it can they get there like sean was saying they made some key additions this offseason i think they're even better than they were last year uh they're gonna be scary and you know lebron when he turns it into playoff mode he doesn't he doesn't look back until he's holding up that nba finals championship so uh <laughs> it'd be hard to pick against the lakers but I'd say I'm a little concerned with their slow start, but I think, like Isaiah said, it is too 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 early to tell. So, um, I I don't know who they have next. I don't know who they're playing next. Oh no, we lost Sean. Sean, where'd you go? He'll be back. <laughs> Typical Sean um, stuff. It's cool. He'll be back. <laughs> so Isaiah, I had one more question regarding sure. the Lakers, kind of around just like you know their centerpiece, LeBron James. Do you think this season that LeBron wins MVP, or do you think there's anyone else who could take him down? That's just kind of a general question. Just popped in my head, you know? It's going to kind of be hard. Honestly, um, you look in Brooklyn, and you see the way that KD's playing, and he honestly could probably be the first person I've ever seen win MVP and Comeback Player of the Year award because he's just playing lights out right now. Him and Kyrie are looking unstoppable when they play, if they play. And it's it like I said, for anyone to be ahead of KD right now in the MVP race would be crazy. But then again, we're only a week in to be talking. MVP is a little crazy in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people argued last year that he should have won it over Giannis. But uh, I, I think this year actually is LeBron's best chance at another another MVP because, you know, the history of the league and winning back-to-back-to-back MVPs isn't isn't too likely. Voter fatigue takes takes charge there. Um, Does he need so- another that, that's another question. His legacy. Uh, yeah. You could argue that his legacy is already great enough. But my opinion, you know, what's another one? That can't hurt, can only help. I feel like he's more focused on championships as opposed to MVPs. I think he's more worried about catching Jordan than he is catching MVP titles. You know, that's it's not true. that big of a deal. No, no. He's definitely more worried about the championship rings. I'll agree with you there, Isaiah. Um, so let's get into our first game break of the show here. Uh, we're going to go over some of the key matchups that are coming up in the league, you know, go over them a little bit. Uh, so tonight on TNT, we have a double header. First out of the Eastern Conference, we have the Bucks versus the Heat at 730 on TNT. That is a huge matchup. Heat knocked the Bucks out of the playoffs last season. Uh, they're obviously two top tier teams in the league. They got superstars of their own and Jimmy Butler and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, they have supporting casts. Giannis has Chris Middleton. Uh, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Jimmy Butler has Bam Adebayo, uh, Tyler Hero, uh, players like that who can also ball out. Goran Dragic is another baller down in Miami. Uh, Isaiah, what do you what do you think of this game? Uh, who do you think takes it, and um, how big is this win for either one of these teams, whoever gets it? Well, I think right now, I don't think any game is like a big game right now. I don't think any game is going to make or break a season, but I do feel like this game is probably bigger for the Bucks right now, coming off of a huge thumping of the Knicks. The Knicks just completely ran them out of the building, which is something I don't think anyone's seen coming. And then when you look at Miami, Miami again, you know, out the gate, they've just been playing good. They look like another front runner in the East, look like they have an opportunity to probably again go back to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think this game is more important to the Bucks and Giannis, especially again, like you said, after getting blown out by the Knicks. Yeah, uh, I'll agree. This is a, I think this is a big game equally for both of them. I don't think, like you said, it's too early for any game to have significant impact on the uh, the season. Yeah. But I think that the, whoever wins this game certainly would be a confidence boost for either one of them. You know, 
Obviously, like I said, they're two elite teams in the East who are looking to get to the finals. Giannis obviously wants a finals ring really, really bad. We've known that for a while now. And then um, uh, Jimmy Butler is just tenacious. He doesn't like to lose. So I think that should be a good game. Um, And then later tonight, 10.30 p.m. on TNT, second game of the night, go over the Western Conference. Two young teams looking to make the playoffs for the first time in a while. I know the Pelicans made it a few years back, but it's been rough times for both those teams for a little bit. But they've got stars in Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram's down there balling in New Orleans. Brandon, uh, Brandon, Isaiah. <laughs> uh, what do you think uh, of Zion Williamson early this season? And do you think that his health impacts the Pelicans' chance at making the playoffs overall? Or do you think they're deep enough to make a run without him? Honestly, I've, I've, between him and Brandon Ingram, I think they've been playing decent, but I do believe they need to pick it up. I feel like Zion could be playing a little better. He could do a little better from the free throw line also. He leaves a lot of points at the free throw line. But, again, that that was never his big thing. One of his knocks coming out of college was his ability to shoot. People didn't believe he was, you know, that great of a shooter. There wasn't that much confidence in it. But I think if he and um, Brandon Ingram can continue to step up for this team, I think the team is going in the right direction. But tonight when you look at the team on, when you look at the team on the other side, that team is loaded, bro. You took <laughs> Chris Paul and Devin Booker, especially those two are, a dynamic duo. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they will be because I love the way Devin Booker plays. And I think Chris Paul, he's been in the league for a while now and it's, you know, it's finally time for him to get his yeah. coming, upcomings, you know? Yep. I, I agree. I think, um, you know, like you said, one of the most important things for Zion's game and, you know, kind of stepping up, like you said, he's a big guy. He gets fouled a lot. So leaving those points at the free throw line, empty trips, that doesn't help. He could be dropping an extra. Oh, there's Sean. Welcome back, buddy. He's back. <laughs> We're talking about uh, the the Pelicans versus Suns tonight. Uh, Brandon was or Brandon. I keep thinking Brandon Ingram, man. Isaiah was just talking about uh, Zion. Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Isaiah was just talking about Zion. How he thinks, you know, he he should. There's parts of his game he can improve, and the Pelicans need to step it up. Sean, what do you think about this matchup? And uh, if you had to choose one of these two teams to make the playoffs this year, which one would you choose? Oh my God, he's gone again. Oh man, I guess I'll answer that question then. Uh, oh, I think they both are gonna make the playoffs. That's <laughs> both well, I, make- do, I do agree that's a possibility. If I had to choose one right now, I'd choose the Phoenix Suns because uh, I think that veteran leadership is perfect for them. Like you said, they have Devin Booker, who's a baller. They also have DeAndre Ayton, who was who is a big man. He can bang down low. He can also stretch the floor. They have Jay Crowder, who's I think one of the most underrated players in the league, offensively and defensively. And then they have guys off the bench like Mikhail Bridges and stuff like that. So I think the Suns, Suns are a very, very good team. And the Pelicans, I agree. I agree, Isaiah. I do need a, a lot of work. Uh, so t- just more yeah. from Zion. And, uh, I think we need more from Zion and Brandon because the, the focus of that team is on Zion and Brandon Ingram. And this is one of the big knocks about uh, Zion when he was, you know, slated to come out to New York. That's that would have been a lot of pressure on his, you know, shoulders to to take that franchise and and transcend it the way they're looking. And then you look at what he's doing in New Orleans. You're just not sure if he would have been able to do the same thing on New York. I'm I'm personally not sure. I don't know how you feel, but I'm yeah. personally not sure. No, I, I 100% agree with you there, but um, so tomorrow night, another couple games. We've got the Bucks and the Heat going at it again for the second straight night, same time, different channel, NBA TV. Uh, not much to say about this one that we didn't say before. A big game, obviously, coming away with two wins and two nights against the top-tier league. 
a top tier team in this Eastern Conference would be huge for either one of these guys. But uh, like you said, no uber importance of uh, or like detrimental uh, season impact of this game. And then we'll go to the later game. We've got I've obviously we got the Blazers and the Clippers coming up. They're two elite West teams, or they're supposed to be. The Clippers, man, oh my God, Isaiah, what happened to them the other night against Dallas? They got blown out by Look. fifty-one. <laughs> they were down seventy-seven to twenty-five at halftime. Yeah. What's good with that? What's your explanation? Because Kawhi Leonard being out isn't enough of a reason for me. They're deeper than that. Bro, I turned on my TV and I can't even believe the score when I saw it. I was like, what? But it, you know what? You, you you say Kawhi Leonard isn't that big of a factor, but you, you understand he is that big of a factor. He To me, he's one of those guys like a LeBron where you, when you put them on the team, you're automatically expected to win. And when then when they're not there, the next guy has to step up. And Paul George just didn't step up for the team. He didn't help them out the way they were. They didn't have the greatest offseason. They lost players like Harold. They didn't add that much to the team. I think, personally, the Clippers are probably, in my opinion, lower than the Portland Trailblazers as competition to the Lakers. I think they're less of a threat currently than Portland yeah. Trailblazers are. I that's, think a big, that's a big take, man. But, you know, that's that's what the early season stuff's kind of for. You know, we kind of see what we've, saw, we've seen and – that's 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 all we have to work off of. Um, the Clippers, I believe, they'll put it together. I think they'll finish top three in the East or the West, excuse me. And uh, I also think the the Trailblazers will be very good. They had a obviously a very poor season last year. Uh, they just squeaked into that eight spot over Phoenix and Memphis. Um, but they they've got a lot of work to do too. You know, uh, I think they could. They could use one more piece. I like their addition of Robert Covington and retaining Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony over the offseason. But I think they need I think they need one more of those like good gritty role players and then they'll be set. And I think they'll be they'll be set for a deep run because because they went to the Western Conference Finals two seasons ago. This is a good this is a good yeah. team. They had leads at halftime, I think in three of the four games against the uh Warriors in that in that conference finals uh, even though they ended up getting swept they played very good in the first half so there's been promising looks for that trailblazers team and um definitely looking forward to that game tomorrow i'm going to be watching that no doubt about it let's transition over here uh speaking of star players and you were mentioning it uh earlier about kd and Kyrie, the nets rested both of them last night against memphis and I don't know how you feel. I'm not a big fan of this. How do you feel about uh, big teams like that, you know, uh, resting their key players with uh, no no really injury clause or, like, anything like that, like just resting them for no reason apparently, just to, other than the fact that so they can sit down and get a rest? Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm not a huge fan of it at all. I believe if you're healthy, you should play. But I also understand the situation that they're in. You're talking about two players, one coming off a major injury, another player who was known for being injured all the time. And you probably want to avoid back-to-backs when you talk about the shortened season and the amount of games that they're going to be playing in a short amount of time. You're talking about there's still going to be, seven, I believe, 72 games this season still at least? like uh, 70, 65, I think it is. 65, okay. And you and. It's still going to be a lot of back-to-backs during the schedule, so you want to limit the amount of time that Kevin Durant is playing back-to-backs, especially coming off a major injury like that. You don't want to see him go down again. But I'm not 
definitely, definitely not a fan of players. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, load management, taking yeah, load yeah. management, you know, not playing when they are healthy. I'm definitely not a fan of it. And that's something, you know, um, yesterday while, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, I got something caught in my throat. Um, the, obviously, their game versus Memphis wasn't a uh, nationally televised game. But um, I think that the NBA actually made a small rule change this year that said during uh, nationally televised games, uh, they cannot rest their star players. So that is good. But I still think for the fans' sake, you know, resting these players just for the sake of load management, it's it's just not a good look. And I think that the NBA should look into a rule change where there has to be some sort of underlying issue for you to be able to rest a player. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But and, again, KD is coming off a serious injury. It, that makes sense. But the Kyrie, no, nah, I can't get with that. Yeah, no, and and you look at you like you think Kyrie Irving, you know, he's never really had any significant injuries. He had some woes back in Boston. He obviously had a had a bit of a knee injury last year, but uh, we don't really know how much of that was actually true last season with this Nets team because you know Kevin Durant didn't play. He got hurt early on. Did Kyrie and yeah, and, did seem like he was trying to preserve him a little. <laughs> yeah. So and and then like especially last year, you see with um the Clippers resting Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and then stories coming out in the off season, like uh, Clippers players like Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell saying that, you know, they were kind of not jealous, but almost like almost upset at the coaching staff for the Clippers for giving Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that preferential treatment. But then on the other hand, you hear people, people saying, you know, well, you, you work that hard, you get to that level so you can get that preferential treatment. And, and I just, I, I don't agree with it. I don't think anyone on a certain team should have, have better treatment than another player. I think they should all be equally treated. And uh, I, just overall don't rest your players unless they have an injury scare. You know, I, I just don't agree with that, especially for, for f- fans sake, you know, let the guys play. Yeah, especially yeah. It, well, right now there's no fans, but in a situation where fans are back in, we talk about $150, $200 tickets. I expect to see a star player out there. I'm not going out there to see the six man on the bench for $200. It's just not what I came for. Oh yeah, I I was gonna say it. Does, it changes so so much more significantly when there's fans in the stands, not just watching on television. Um, you know, I went to a Lakers game back in. Uh, Back in 2013, I think, and, and the the Lakers had rested Kobe Bryant. You know, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, obviously. But I, you know, I went there. I went up to Boston. I was like, I'm gonna see the great one of the greatest ever play, and he didn't play, and I, I was kind of upset with that. And I know that probably wasn't Kobe's decision, but that was part of the coaching staff's decision. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I've experienced that firsthand. Yeah, no, it, they, they, it needs to stop. Like I said, especially me. I'm in New York. A ticket at the garden is not twenty dollars. It's not it's been twenty dollars forever. Right, especially for that that quality of play you're going to see there at the garden. <laughs> but we won't we won't get into all that yet. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh hopefully better days are to follow. Um so we're gonna we'll get into our second little game break here. I'm gonna I'm gonna break down some injury news. You know, uh Porzingis, Christos Porzingis is looking to rejoin the Mavs soon. He had his full uh first full practice today for the Mavs. Uh, so that's a very good sign for him. Uh, Isaiah, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on, on how much better this Mavs team can look with Chris Stapps Porzingis. Cause obviously they've had their early struggles. Do you think KP 
is is a much needed piece there for Luca in the Clippers or not the Clippers. I'm sorry, the Mavericks. Oh, for sure. I think a healthy KD really helps. He brings a defense. He brings rebounding. He brings the ability to stretch the floor, being able to shoot as a big man. He puts other teams, big men in very awkward positions, having to come out and guard, you know, all the way out there by the three point line, which big men aren't accustomed to. And not to mention, Porzingis can handle the rock. And this yeah. is coming from someone who watched him in New York. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, no, he's he's definitely a very good player. He brings a different dimension to that team. And then when you combine that with Luca, who on his own is greatness in the making, those two combined are a lethal combination down there. For those, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, Kristaps is great, man. I, uh, I did you ever? Uh, my here's a question that just popped in my head. Now, you ever seen Kristaps live in New York? No. Nah. Not no. a chance. Oh man! Let me tell you, last time I went to a Nick game, Melo was there. <laughs> oh jeez! I ain't spent hey. my money on that. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, like you said, Kristaps obviously I think as well is a big part of that team, and um, he should just you know make Luca's job easier. You know, take some of the load off of him. And th- there's a reason they call him the unicorn. Like you said, not a lot of big guys seven foot three can go out there and stretch the floor and shoot some threes, and knock down mid range jumpers. Um, and then next yeah, on a team. That's surprisingly doing well early on this season. The Cleveland Cavaliers, Kevin Love's going to miss about three to four weeks with a calf injury. Um, That's obviously not good news. He's one of their veteran leaders on that team. He's won a championship. And I was talking to Sean yesterday, actually, and I said, my surprise team to squeak into these playoffs in that eighth seed in the the East is the Cavs because they've started pretty good. They have a nice mix of young talent with Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Colin Sexton, um, and then they have veteran leaders like Kevin Love, uh, JaVale McGee, who have won championships. They have probably one of the best defenders and rebounders in the league and Andre Drummond. They have an, like another young talent. They have a Seti Osman. I think that they're just, um, they're just, they're just, I think they could be a surprise team in this Eastern conference. Uh, Zaya, what do you think? Oh no, they're definitely loaded with youth and talent. Again, I'll be watching them very closely tonight as they play on my Knicks. So there's, my Knicks try to end their 3-0 record, which, was, again, everybody was shocked by this. 3-0, when you watch them perform in the preseason, they didn't perform that well. It looked like a team that was going to struggle out the gate, maybe stumble a bit before they got going, but they've been all still in, they've been all go. They're, you know, 3-0. I, I, like, I don't even have words. I'm baffled. I don't even know how to put this. A team without KD, without LeBron, a Cavs team is 3-0 without – Kd, I don't think it's ever happened before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely uh, early. You know, this could obviously be just a sign of like, you know, just just getting lucky. But hopefully, you know, this can this can continue for them. That's great. I love to see young teams like that kind of kind of um, do good and uh, succeed in this in this league. And you know, get even if they get into that eighth seed and get swept by the Bucks or the Nets, that's playoff experience for these guys, and that's so important in this league to get that experience. Oh, yeah. Um. It, it, when you when you think about it, like you said, it, it, even if they, I mean, you can say that it is because you know the way the league is that they start off three and zero. But starting off three and zero is very important because it's the early games, the ones that you should have won, that you win. Those matter the most at the end of the season because then you, you don't got to look back like, dang, what if we had won those games against the Knicks or against lesser teams like Orlando or something like that. Those games are very, very important. So for them to pick up these wins, I think was actually really, really good. Yeah, and a long run for them. wins don't hurt; they only help. So uh, that's a good, very good yeah, sign for them early on. Um, 
And then lastly here for some injury news, this was kind of scary watching it yesterday. I was actually watching this game when this injury happened. Uh, John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies went down. Looked a little scary at first. Apparently there's no no broken bones or fractures. He's going to get an MRI to check for any ligament damage. Uh, Actually, oh, I'm just remembering. They just diagnosed him with a grade 2 ankle sprain. He is going to miss about three to five weeks. Uh, Obviously that is huge for this Grizzlies team. Uh, another very young team in this league that almost made the playoffs last season, held on to that eighth seed for actually uh, a pretty good amount of time until the bubble came around, you know, that whole whole stoppage of the season and that resumed and all that. Um, Zay, is this, a, is this a big blow to the Grizzlies, or do you think they have enough where they can survive a, a few weeks without their guy, Ja? I think it's a huge blow. I think the Grizzlies go as Ja goes. I think he'll be able to survive for a while without him, but – you need to get him back, and you need to get him back healthy as soon as possible because he's a big part of that offense. It's and like it's, there are teams around the league that have proven if you don't have a point guard, your team will struggle. The point guard to me is probably the most posi- important position on the court, and to not have Jaw there, someone who plays point guard out of this world, like almost like a Derrick Rose 2.0, that really hurts your team. Just really hurts him. No, I, I agree. I uh, I think John Moran's a huge part of that team. I do think that maybe they'll be able to uh, squeak some wins in there, though. They do have some ballers like Jaron Jackson. They have Dylan Brooks. Um, I'm a little concerned about their bench, but their their lineup's deep. Jonas Valanciunas can can go out there and get 20 points if you need him to. So I think they'll definitely. I think they'll float. I think they'll just stay stay flatlined. I don't think they'll dip too bad, but. It's possible. I agree with you, Zay, that John Moran's just a, overall just a huge blow to this Grizzlies team. And it's the West. You don't want to fall behind in the West. No. You don't. No. Sometimes you fall behind, you don't crawl back. That's how. That's just the West. Um. So we're going to transition here into our last little topic. Uh, we're going to talk about. You know, I want your opinion on this. I'm going to give mine. Uh, which NBA team, whole league, West or East, any team, do you think? has uh the most to prove this season has the most pressure on them to do something and make a make a name for themselves oh, it's definitely for me it's miami i think uh a lot of people thought miami got there mostly because of the bubble situation but there's no fans it's not as you know there's no crowd there's no travel there's all types of stuff that went into it so it you know a lot of people felt like oh it's a lot better for like the rookies like hero and all of them to perform better because of the bubble situation so i think this year, now that we're more in a, a regular situation, there'll be travel and eventually there'll be fans and crowds. I think it's important for Miami to basically go back to the Eastern Conference Finals, show them it's not a fluke, show them we could beat the Celtics, we could beat the Bucks, we could take on the Nets, you know, the Sixers. These are the top teams in the East. So I think for me, Miami has the most to prove out of everyone. Yeah. So um, you actually mentioned the team that I'm going to choose here. I'm going to go with my. Uh... My own team. Oh, there's Sean pitching in. Bucks or Clippers, man. Uh, <laughs> Sean actually uh, is having a bit of a Wi-Fi issue, so we, we really wish we could have him on the show today. Uh, but he'll be back. Don't worry about it. Um, Sean's great. You guys are gonna love him. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna choose here. Uh, I'm gonna go with the 76ers. I actually am all bias aside. I'm a 76ers fan, but I think they actually had the most pressure on them because. They have Joel Embiid. They have Ben Simmons, two players who I think are top 15, top 20 in the league each. Joel Embiid, in my opinion, is a top 10 player in this league um, and one of the best, if not the best, at his position. 
Um, so we hear the rumors about the James Harden trade. If they're going to do that, just do it. I want to see them pull that off. They need to make a move. Uh, I'd hate to lose Ben Simmons, but I think I think something just needs to change or they just need to – Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons need to click. But that, how, does that, how does that work? Ben Simmons, and then you have Ben Simmons and John Wall, and how does that work for for the Rockets? Hey, I could care less how it works for the Rockets. At least you kept it. At least you kept it one hundred because that's yeah. the truth. You don't care, nah. <laughs> um, but obviously, uh, yeah, I just think they need to do something like drastic. I either think they need to play they need to play out of their mind, and Ben Simmons and Joel B need to need to prove that they can play together and win win. Uh, a playoff series or two even get to the nba finals like they're supposed to and the new coach doc rivers um oh no i don't agree with all that <laughs> uh but you know that's why we're all here we all have our opinions but in the end i think that the sixers and doc rivers their new coach you know they finally got rid of brett brown um i think that's the change they needed and the, another change they're going to need is is being top three in this um top three in this league and yeah I, I do agree with that, Steve. Ben Simmons can't shoot threes, and it is a major problem. If he could knock down threes, he's good for two a year. <laughs> that I mean, you're, you're right. But imagine <laughs> if he was good for a hundred a year. How many more points he'd be scoring? He'd probably be a walk away MVP candidate. No, no question about it. Yeah, no. It, but again, his ability to get to the rack definitely is what allows him to still be in this league because his, like you said, his shooting is off. But he can get to the rack. Part of the problem is is too much, you know, him and Embiid both in the paint. It's, it's too crowded. Yeah, and um, I think that he he really either needs to develop that shot or or he needs to get out of town because. Um, I mean, playing guard, y'all go sit out of town. You had to send Foles out of town because he couldn't shoot. Mark Kill Foles got kicked out of town because he couldn't shoot too. I well, mean, yeah, that's the one thing about Ben Simmons though is is I do like the guy. He is a good he is a good finisher. He finishes at the rim with the best of them in this league. He's an excellent playmaker. He's a great defender. Um, and, and it's crazy to me, you know. I'm saying get him out of town, and I'm listing all this great stuff he does. You know, it's it's that three point shot that's so important in today's game is is just the one thing he's lacking, and it really look, sucks. If it hurts you that bad, we could trade Alfred Payton for Ben Simmons. If it hurts oh. you that bad. You know, I hope I hope Daryl Morey's listening because that's a great idea. Oh, you want Alfred Payton? Because I'll take Ben Simmons in New York. I'll take no, him. Hell no. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Um, well, I think that's all we got today. I wish Sean was here. We would have we could have filled this up with so much more stuff, man. Uh, but he'll be back next time. I think we're either gonna be back Friday or Saturday. We have to discuss that internally after we get off here. Uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed. We'll We'll obviously have more to more to talk about once this season really gets going and kicking into high gear. Uh, for King Zay and Lucas Bulldog, this has been the Posting Up Podcast, and uh, check out Clovercrest Media, all their great podcasts they got on there. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next Saturday, or either Saturday or Friday.